So, people are probably wondering at this point what's going on. <laughs> There's a different heading for our episode titles. So, one, who are you? Hi, I'm Corey. I'm Corey Truax. I'm host of the Corey Truax Show for now on WHRT in the upstate of South Carolina. Uh, but also, that's a podcast called the Corey Truax Show. I also get to serve as an elder in a Southern Baptist Church here in the upstate of South Carolina. Yeah. So, who are you? Who am I? Oh, well, that's a great question. Well, I am Cody Fields. I am an upstate South Carolina native. I was actually born here, unlike yourself. Yeah, I came here from the Ivory Coast, the Cote d'Ivoire. Yes. Uh, so I own a little guitar effects pedal brand called Westminster Effects. Yes. Uh, theologically sound pedals, if you will. Uh, I am also a deacon at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina, which is where we're recording this. Yes. In their offices. And uh, I, in terms of credentials, I, I guess that's about it. The other thing that you and I both are, are people who think a lot. Yes. Sometimes too much. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we like to hear other people's new thoughts. I don't think either one of us ever gets stuck in our ways. No. It's sort of, we'll get into it later, this, what leads us to doing a joint podcast is we've been thinking about stuff. A lot. <laughs> and we should, we should talk about it with other smart people and figure yeah. it out. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, really this podcast is going to be conversations that we have anyway. Yes. Pretty much on the regular. Yeah. Uh, whether it's me responding to something you said on your podcast or you responding to something I said on mine. Right. Uh, so for those of you who normally listen to me, uh, you're finding this on the Westminster Effects Doxology podcast feed, and yours right. would be the Corey Truax show uh, feed. So if you like what you hear from this other guy, go find the Corey Truax show. And vice versa. Go find... I, sh- I listen to Westminster Doxology every week. Yeah. And so it's, I, it's a good I listen. I listen to yours every week, and I'm sure that there has been even unintentional um, interaction with yes. the ideas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are times when we reference each other, uh, but there's even times when... It's completely unintentional. Yes, <laughs> yeah. just because we're thinking about the same, the same things. Thing. Yes, uh, we're and we're interacting with it uh, in similar ways most of the time because we're both coming at it from a reformed uh, or a reformed perspective. And more and more, as you've been post mill for a long time, I don't know if anyone's heard that on the Westminster Doxology yeah, podcast. Take a thing. shot. <laughs> um, but and, and as I've come more around to that kind of thinking, even yeah. if I don't, I'm not sure to call myself post mill yet. But having more recently embraced the idea that, oh, the, the world doesn't have to fall apart. Right. We don't have to, things don't have to get terrible so Jesus comes and rescues us. As I start to embrace, we can actually, Jesus is reigning right now. Yes. And I would love to know what that means <clears throat> and yeah. what it looks like that he's and, reigning And right I don't now. know that I would say that I've been post-mill forever, but compared to a lot of people, I have been. Yeah, compared, compared to me. Yeah. It, it, it's really been about, what, three or four years? Yeah. And it was, it was really interesting uh, becoming post-mill right before the COVID pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I remember uh, a conversation with uh, my mother-in-law. So uh, my in-laws own a, a beach house in North Carolina, and we went and you know spent a few days with them in July of 2020. And, and my mother-in-law, you know, it was a good-natured conversation, but she's dispensational. Mm. Don't hold that against her, obviously. It's yeah. completely orthodox. You know, we'll be together in the resurrection, etc. Amen. Uh, and she's like, so are you still post-millennial? <laughs> and I was like, more than ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really? If anything, it's cemented it. Yes. I um, I know that for that particular group, um, the falling apart of the cultural structures around the world was a sign of the end of, the end of days. Right. Yeah, and we just took that quite differently. 
I think we're, where we're both coming to where we're about to introduce a topic mm-hmm. is you and I traffic a great deal in Christian media. Yes. The good and the bad, right? Because we want to see mm-hmm. what some yeah. some folks are saying that are, are off base. And and for that matter, non-Christian media yes. on both the left and right. Yep. Uh, I know you don't like to listen to too much of one, one person. Voice. Yeah. Uh, I myself, I will listen to NPR News Now. Me too. At least once a day. Yep. Uh, sometimes two, three times a day, depending on how masochistic I'm feeling. Yep. Or how how many balloons from China in the sky. Right. <laughs> that will also determine <laughs> how much there news. There are multiple balloons from China. Yes. <laughs> uh, gosh, that's going to be so dated in two months. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but as, uh, <laughs> because I'm truly reformed, I listen to Al Mohler every day. The briefing. Right. Okay. I, I know you don't. I don't. You're not truly reformed. I'm sad to say. <laughs> Shots fired. Right. Uh, but in terms of non-Christian conservative media, I actually listen to Ben Shapiro pretty much every, every day. day. Um, obviously, disagreeing with him on a decent amount of things, yeah. uh, I do find his legal mind fascinating oh, yeah. because he has a Harvard Law degree, yeah. and he generally thinks well about things. I s- Generally. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, from the, a post-enlightenment, Western values, Judeo-Christian, yes. we all come from the same. I cycle through Shapiro for a week, and then I'll take some time off and do yep. Matt Walsh for a week, take mm-hmm. some time off, Ali Beth Stuckey for a week, take some oh, time yeah. off. And there's one more, I will put uh, Todd Friel, Wretched Radio for a week. Oh, yeah. And then go back to Shapiro. Now, mm. and this whole time, I'm listening to NPR right. for top of the hour news. This whole time, I'm going to I should go to sojo.net. Um, they're Christian leftists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Um, well, not, they're not orth- right? sojourners. They're not orthodox, but they call themselves Christian leftists. Right. Kind of the red letter that, thing. That group. Yeah. But basically, Jesus just wants you to care about people and nothing else matters. Um, and by care about people, it means get other people's money and give it to the people that you like, but don't Ooh. ever do anything with your own money. Yeah. But anyway, um, that's. And I do that just as a broadcaster. I found when I do too much Shapiro, I sound like him. I That's fi- fair. I find when I listen to too much Matt Walsh, I start sounding like him. That's entirely fair. And so as we both take, take in that media, I'm even hearing, let's take Shapiro and Walsh. Mm. They seem to be at odds on the thing that you and I are struggling with. Right. Where Matt Walsh, firebrand, is just saying, get the government, take control, and punish our enemies. Yeah. Enforce what we know is right and laugh at them as they cry about it. And Ben Shapiro's over here going, I I don't think that's the most productive thing. That's yeah. how that's how Ben Shapiro <laughs> generally talks. And he's I have bad news. You are going to die. Yeah. That yeah. And so get life insurance. <laughs> uh, that's I mean I, I listen to enough Ben Shapiro to know that's how he rolls. Yep. And so his thing is much more libertarian. Um you can take you can take Tucker Carlson, which I, I generally just despise. I think he's a yeah. terrible broadcaster and not a decent dude. Well, he's he's on that Matt Walsh side of get the government and make them do right things. And I have I know Walsh is Catholic. Very. I don't know Tucker Carlson's Anglican. Okay. Yep. Um. So basically Catholic. I'm just kidding. Anglicans. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Shapiro is that more. Uh, even though he's Jewish, he sounds more like traditionally you and I, and saying no, 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 dis- disarm. Right. We just need to make the government smaller and less powerful. Mm-hmm. We, out in the culture, will cure the culture, but just disarm the government and yes. make it less make it less powerful. Right. You and I started there, like you and I have been into politics since we were like 12 and 13. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, into the I, culture. I don't know if this was true for you, but as for me, I think when I was 16 or 17, 
my parents for Christmas one year gifted me a Rush Limbaugh membership. Wow. Yeah. An EIB. Yes, sir. Yeah. Excellence in broadcasting. Yeah. So I, it was the the membership. So you could go back and listen to Archives. everything. You could listen to commercial free stuff and yep. everything. Like I was a ditto head. Uh, I think at one point I may have even had a Rush Limbaugh tie. I don't recall. I definitely have both of the books. The I told uh, I told you so and how it ought to be. Yeah. Those are the yeah. two the two Limbaugh books. I remember reading those when I was a kid. But we we grew up early on in life mm-hmm. with the value. One of the worst things you can do is make anyone do something they don't want to do. Right. We're we're freedom people. Yep. And so the idea then comes along here lately. This is what that Matt Walsh, Carlson guys are saying that we're struggling with. Well, people are doing evil things. They're taking their kids to drag shows. Mm. So get the government and then punish the parents. Right. Punish their parents for taking them there. Oh, well, hold on a second. I yeah. thought we were the just uh, disarm the, the disarm the the government people. Or one I heard recently. You know, we we had these no fault divorce laws. They ru- they ruined everything. If someone wants to get a divorce, they have to prove it. Go before a judge and right. prove it, or we Absolutely. will make people stay married. Yeah. Keep families intact by rule of law. Yeah. As in the the other six commandments. So there's the first four commandments, but I guess no government can ever enforce, right? You can't make people... And, and that, that would be a discussion within this podcast. I think even in this episode is, yeah. you know, the those first four, can you actually enforce those well, governmentally? Let's do that now. I don't, I don't think so, right? So the right. first four... First four commandments, uh, we are uh, make no idols, worship only God, mm-hmm. don't take the Lord's name in vain, don't wear his name in vain, and go to church, remember the Sabbath day, Right. keep it holy. Right. No, I don't think we have, that's my take, is that your take? No government can enforce that? Pretty much. Uh, I think you could probably make a case for public uh, blasphemy. Uh, the, there's always going to be some kind of blasphemy law. Yeah. Uh, whether it's uh, dropping a GD in mm-hmm. public or whether it's uh, saying the N-word in public. And, and I would say that should be uh, that should be at least culturally rejected. Amen. Um, or whether it's saying men can't become women. That could become your new blasphemy. Right. And, and I think that's what you're starting to see at least culturally or uh, maybe platform enforced yeah. in certain circles, Facebook, Twitter, that kind of thing. Yep, which we which we now know, Facebook and Twitter that influenced by yeah. governments are using them to right. enforce the other six. The other let's call it the second tablet of the law. The other six are things like don't commit adultery. Right, we, we honor your parents. I mean, I I go back to the law in the Old Testament law, and if you've got a a son who is just causing a ruckus. He's a scoff law. He causes trouble for everybody. He rejects his parents. That's death penalty. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. If he won't turn, and if you if you think about the the time, well, of course it is. We're talking about communities of a couple hundred people. If one guy mm-hmm. just keeps causing, just keeps stealing, just keeps having relationships with women that aren't that that mm-hmm. he's not in covenant with, if he just keeps causing destruction, well, yeah. yeah and and. It's so interesting to think about how many mass shooters in recent memory where that would have been the case before they ever got there. Yes. Like they were a ne'er-do-well, yeah. always a good-for-nothing, treated his parents like garbage, uh, ended up living with grandparents because the parents couldn't handle him anymore, where 
you know, maybe it, maybe it's not a death penalty thing. Of course, uh, yeah, in, I wouldn't in, even in, argue in for modern, that. In modern, uh, in a modern society, but maybe it's they give him up to someone and say, "I can't handle this kid. Somebody else fix this." I and that one of the great things about this is we don't have to have the answers for implementation immediately. No, uh, it would be a a foolish thing to say. I know every single implementation, right? And that's that's definitely where our uh, our more Austrian economic background would come in. Yes. The the wisdom of an entire society will always outweigh a couple of minds. I think you and I are first deciding before you ever decide how we're deciding if. Like, it, yeah. is it? Are we pursuing by Bible standards in our sec, quote secular laws? Yeah. Or should should that be something I pursue at all? Right. And then if we decide yes. Then yeah, we we can even go to the reformers. I thought they were the reformers were interesting in some of their church-state relations because they they really did not have a concept where church and state would be separate. Right. There were hundreds of years those two things were the same. And, and you also had reformers who would you know, us being reformed Baptists. Yes. You did have reformers who probably would have given us what they would have called the third baptism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where you know, basically everybody yeah. back then was baptized as an infant, right? And then the the well, I don't like lumping us in with Anabaptists because that's Neither. that's an entire just look at Munster, yep, um, which is an incredible story anyway. But I digress. Um, so you look at, sorry, you have the first baptism, pedo baptism. And then the Reformed Baptists were like, no, you need to be baptized as an adult. So that would be their second baptism. And then the third baptism would be the state coming in and saying, no, that's heresy. We're going to drown you. <laughs> yes, the third <laughs> eternal baptism. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and guys like Ulrich Zwingli presided over stuff like that. Yeah, because, they, again, I give them some patience in that they had no context. Right. But the state is the church. The church is the state. Right. But I think of them having to come up with uh, ways to determine... Even some things. Let's go with divorce. The it, it used to be you could kill the you would kill the adulterer, right? But their accommodation for not being able to use the death penalty in those cases was well, we'll treat them as dead. The church mm-hmm. will treat them as dead. They are to us, they are dead, even though they are still alive. So when it comes to how do you implement these things, we got some time in history. But I think you and I are just starting with that uncomfortable call. Of, of a growing movement inside evangelicalism to say, yeah, we, we actually should try to make the Bible standards law. Right, right. And it's the dirty word that gets thrown on this, well, it, it depends on who you ask, is theonomy. Theonomy, yes. And, and uh, you know, as, as Doug Wilson likes to say, you know, whenever someone asks him if he's a theonomist, uh, the word meaning theos, God, and then namas, law, so God's law. <laughs> he says, if anyone asks him if he's a theonomist, his first sarcastic response is, oh no, I hate God's law. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good line. And it is. Uh, and, and so that's, that's really what we're talking about, is, is should the government be instituting any part of God's law? I think we're doing that in a context, as well culturally, where you and I are, mm-hmm. where immediately... Certain Christians, but certainly non-Christians go, mm-hmm. that sounds like something we're calling Christian nationalism. <laughs> right? Are you guys... Uh, yeah. are, and and we should clarify. I don't think... I, mean, I don't just think... Neither one of us are talking about insurrections or coups. No. We're, we're just saying... No. 
do we want God's laws to be man's laws? Right. We are, we're not revolutionaries. We're reformers. Yeah. So we can have patience. Because we're post-mill, right? It's, it's a, it's How about a, it? It's a 500-year project. It's right. a 1,000-year project. You yeah. just take your little wins along the way. I, can I tell you one of the, the, the formative moments for me as I started moving towards the idea that, yeah, I think Christians probably are supposed to take some government power and do mm-hmm. something with it. I asked myself why I'm so comfortable with the idea of saying, I want all nations to follow Jesus. Right. So I am specifically saying... Yes, I want Uganda to be a Christian nation, Ukraine to be a Christian nation, mm-hmm. and Uruguay to be a Christian nation. But then I get a little bit uncomfortable with saying, but the United States, I don't know if I want that to be a Christian nation. Right. Because there's, it's been so ingrained in me, this, this version of separation of church and state. And so I, I start to re- recognize, well, yes, I actually want every nation to be Christian. Yeah. Every one of them. Yeah. And then we can put definitions on that. But like Ghana, not recently, but in the last several decades... Ghana declared themselves constitutionally a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. And and Poland, in the last two or three years, declared that Jesus Christ is king of Poland. Yeah, I, saw, I mean, I saw, I saw that. It was incredible. Yeah. Throw a party over that. Now, granted, uh, P- Poland and their people have lots of problems. Ghana is a corrupt place with yeah. all kinds of issues. But I, I think of, and admittedly, it is mostly white Westerners, it's white, upper-crust, educated people. Which seems to be a recurring theme with certain things. Yeah, they, they were, Would they be willing to look at Ghana and say, bad, bad Ghana. Mm. You've declared yourself a Christian nation that's bad and that's wrong. Yeah. There's a, a tension where they, they, that group would look at me and you and say, you guys are crazy insurrectionists mm-hmm. for even wanting a Christian nation. But their value of never saying a, a crossword towards the third world or the developing world, uh, they wouldn't say a bad word about Ghana. And all mm. we're saying is, it's just, it's just that we're not any different than the Ghanans. Right. Americans aren't different than, than people from that country. And if we have a bunch of Christians that want to institute Christian things, then yeah, we're going to be a Christian nation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing I think needs to be, maybe it's a clarifying statement. I don't know if it's a preface or, or what. Uh, but, you know, we talk about Christian nations and things like that. We're talking about this as an ideal. We yes. don't. Neither of us think this is going to happen in uh, the twenty twenty four election. No. Uh, or twenty. Uh, what's the next one? Twenty twenty eight. Yeah. Or twenty thirty two or thirty six. Or in our lifetimes. <laughs> yeah, in our lifetimes. Uh, what it has to start with before you can get to a Christian nation, you have to have Christian individuals. You have to have Christian families. <laughs> Spoiler alert, you have to have Christian churches. Amen. Some of our churches aren't very Christian. You have to have uh, enough Christians to make up what would make a Christian community, which would then be a Christian town or city, and then that would influence the county, and it would. it's really kind of a grassroots thing. Yes. Uh, it's not so much go and take it. It's, I think, really probably the best way is is the gospel pervades the society and God gives it. Right. That's such a good word. And, and so it's it's both grassroots and top-down because God does give it from mm-hmm. the top, right? Uh, but then it it's actually, it's not astroturf. No. It's it's truly grassroots in that it, or as Jesus said, it's, it's the kingdom's like a mustard seed. Yeah. It's this tiny little seed. No one cares about it. And then it becomes the largest tree in the garden and the birds of the air come and nest in it. It's where yeah, there's a, 
limits, both ethical, spiritual, moral limits on how you get power. Right. But we live in a representative republic where yes. there are legitimate ways you can gain power unto yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and if and if Christian if there's more Christians, if people are being converted, Christians are going to choose Christian leaders. Yeah. And then Christian senators and how and Christian representatives are going to ask themselves, what does it mean to be a Christian who's a congressman? Well, I guess I can't vote for these things anymore. Right. If, if I'm a Christian president, I guess I can't do these things, these other things anymore. And I think that's the failure of the reformed two kingdom mindset mm. or radical two kingdom as some like to call it. And and don't get me wrong, I have benefited greatly from guys like Michael Horton. Yeah. Uh, his book, Ordinary, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, kind of a response to David Platt's radical. Uh, but then when he starts talking about Christians engaging in culture, uh, it's he, he ends up being pretty weak. If it's not very explicitly in the Bible, then we can't really talk about it as Christians, which I don't... And he'll even say, you know, it's it's not about a Republican or a Democrat thing, and we don't claim to be Republicans. Amen. Uh, like, partisans. Um, but there is another party out there in the United States whose very foundation is everything that's not in the Bible. Sure. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Of, of, let's trans the kids, let's marry the gays, Let's kill all the babies. Abortion at any time, for any reason, right. and to be celebrated when it happens. Right. Which, if you're seeking to live biblically, I wouldn't say you shouldn't advocate for those things. I, I would say you must not advocate for those that's things. Right. Like, because that's such a uh, an obvious affront against God. Uh, there's, there's a difference between uh, disagreeing on something like a welfare policy sure. or education policy and saying, let's dismember babies in the womb. Mm-hmm. That's cool, and we need to protect that. Right. And, and so that's where the, the, the R2K folks, I think, end up failing, is you ultimately don't have anything to say because that's that other common kingdom, mm. and we're not really worried about that. Yeah. we, uh, You and I being the Jesus is king over everything mm-hmm. people. No, he's king over that too. Yeah. I'm not separating that. Jesus didn't yeah, draw they, a line. And they would say that. Uh, they would at least give lip service to it, but then, well, what do you do about it? Does does that ruler, <clears throat> does that county councilman, much less the president, <laughs> do they actually answer to Jesus's standards for his office? They're going to. Yeah, I, th- I think that's actually the the church's the church's message for wicked rulers right now shouldn't first be make different decisions. It's, if I have the chance to talk to one of these wicked leaders, I think that's what I would say is, there's coming a day much much closer than you think that the God who gave you power is going to demand an explanation for how you used it. Yes. That should be a fearsome thing. So you want to get your story straight or maybe change how you're using that power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I actually did this one time. In 2019... Uh, there, so I live in Spartanburg County, like a mile over the Spartanburg County line. So that means I get to talk to Spartanburg County Council if I so choose. And in 2019, they proposed an ordinance uh, after some shootings at some nightclubs and venues and stuff like that. Basically, if you were going to perform live music in Spartanburg County, you had to get a background check done on you. Wow. That's <laughs> Uh, <laughs> for the artists? Yes. 
Yeah. What make, would that possibly I guess, even prevent? I guess, I guess to make sure that you wouldn't incite violence or something like that. The the shootings, if I recall correctly, one was at a a more hip hop minded club, and the other one was like a country club or something. Not, not country club like golf, but country music Got club. Um, and so I went in. You get three minutes, and this is the fastest I've ever spoken in my life because I had to you get had it to get all it all out. Yeah. And uh, so it started with. Romans chapter 13 says that government is primarily a servant of God to punish evil and therefore must submit itself to his standard of justice. So we must ask, what is God's standard of justice? Deuteronomy 19 establishes and 2 Corinthians 13 reaffirms that a charge must only be admitted on two or three lines of independent witness. However, article three of this ordinance allows the sheriff or his designee to arbitrarily shut down a venue based on one line of witness. Getting biblical standards right. to the kind of council. Right. And so it just went through for, you know, about 500 words. And, and when I was done, they said, that was the most biblical thing anyone's ever said in here. Amen. Which We need more of that. Which is actually kind of sad. That's true. Yeah. You know, because we're in the buckle of the Bible belt. Mm-hmm. I would expect the buckle of the Bible belt to produce Christians who would actually confront lovingly, uh, confront local officials. Yes. And and I think that you've got you've hit on this recently uh of the Christian nationalism thing. Yes, we we want the nation to be Christian, but let's start small. Yeah. Let's start with my neighborhood. Yeah. Let's start with my house first being Christian. Yeah. And then then my neighbors, my my extended household uh, this is how you create a Christian nation. You don't do it from the top down. Cuz yes, you can control people's behavior. But that's not mm-hmm. at any advantage to the kingdom of and, God. And that is important for a society. It is. Some behaviors have to be controlled. Amen. Which is, for, for the two of us to say that 10 years ago, <gasps> we, we would not have said that that easily 10 it years would, ago. It would basically have been, don't murder people. That's it. Don't steal stuff. Don't hurt people or their property. It, it, the non-aggression principle. Yes. If you can do literally anything else. Just yeah. don't hurt people or their property, and then you're fine. Yeah. But here's the other thing that started changing my mind, and I've not landed totally on a, for, a formation of this theology, but I told you earlier, the the part of it was thinking, why am okay? Why am I okay saying I want all nations to be Christian, but then I balk at the United States being a Christian mm-hmm. nation? And then second, it's a realization that some religion will be in charge. Right. Some religion is going to force itself on others. Yep. And so I think what's running some of these guys who are so hysterical, like let's go with Matt Walsh or the Tucker Carlson's, they are seeing, rightly, that mm-hmm. a leftist secular religion is forcing itself on all of us. Yes. It is saying in the schools, we will teach your kid that the most important thing about them is their race. Shut up about it if you don't like it. Right. We are going to teach your kid that they can change genders at any time for any reason. We will affirm it and shut up if you don't like it. Right. We are going to have our way. You will say the things we want you to say, use the pronouns we want you to say, or we will wreck your life, Jack Phillips, if you don't come along with us mm. and make this cake. Right. There is a religion being forced on us all. And so it has led some Christians, now including me at least at some level, going, well, if there's going to be a if there's going to be a religion running us, let's let it be the one of the true God. Right. The it's really shown the, how to phrase it, it's really shown secularism to be a myth. Yes. In terms of neutrality. There's no such thing. And, and there is no such thing as tr- neutrality. Even more so, like what people don't understand is secular literally means without reference to God. Do you really want that? 
in a society, do you really want your senators and congressmen to say, I don't care what God says, this is what we're going to do? Sounds dangerous and terrifying. Mm, if, if that happened, now obviously we will grant things like sphere sovereignty, mm-hmm. as Abraham Kuyper um, formulated it. And I think it is a biblical concept. It was just he was needed in that time to establish that framework of God has established the government of the home and of the church and of the state. Yes. They all have their own respective jobs. If, if I said that in my dealings with my wife, I don't care what God says. Ooh. I'm sleeping on the couch. <laughs> as, as you should. As I should. Uh, if a pastor of a church says, I don't care what God says about... And you can fill in the blank with literally anything, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's something like baptism or justification by faith or who should fill the pulpit or church discipline or whatever, then he shouldn't be a pastor. Yes. So what makes a congressman any different than that? Only our post-enlightenment separates in church and state values that have been so ingrained in us mm-hmm. so so, uh, so deeply that we just, the idea yeah. Bringing in anything biblical will freak and, us and out. And the interesting thing is with that is you've been explicit about having an enlightenment influence. Yes. Like like you you actually understand where you're coming. You've read guys like Locke. Yeah. So that's I, I'm I'm less read, admittedly less read on the enlightenment, but it has infected me too. If all Americans would have had some real real civics and history and recognized that we're all a aberration on the world stage, yeah. being post enlightenment. Yeah. The the East, the Asian Asian cultures and Middle Eastern cultures haven't had the Enlightenment yet. Right. A lot of Latin American cultures have not had an, the Enlightenment yet. And so it's again something I like I like to say to mostly white upper crust left to secularists is you know that you 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 think so white. Your philosophy on <laughs> on family, your philosophy on marriage, your philosophy on divorce, on parenting, you're the whitest, most privileged people, and they balk at that because they're so obsessed with race. Right. But the rest of the world does not think like you. Yeah. You just had this enlightenment thing where you were you were told for the last three hundred years you're the center of the universe. And not, not even just white, but white cis hetero male, <laughs> because it's it's all guys like Locke, and then eventually you get to guys like. Uh, Nietzsche. <laughs> yes. You get to um. Oh, who's the uh, like Freud? <laughs> yes, yeah, Sigmund Freud. All all white straight men. <laughs> they have. They are the ones who created your philosophy. <laughs> yeah. And you think you're the enlightened ones on everything. Right. And the rest. I mean, the vast majority of the planet right now, not just in history, the rest, the vast majority of the planet right now looks at your worldview that you're yeah. forcing on us and says you're crazy. Yeah. And that like with the with the Russia Ukraine war. Yeah. Uh, like we would both obviously agree that. Uh, Russia was uh, an unprovoked aggressor in yes. that. At the same time, with their restrictions on things like homosexual behavior, like you can see why some people more on the right were at least at the beginning supporting Russia. I saw that. Like, yeah. like you can. There's there's that tension in <laughs> so. me because obviously, like you got the honestly the deep state there is you know the the communist party, and old Soviet guys like yeah. Putin, obviously. But at the same time, like, Russia is putting out more Christian values in some aspects. You're not allowed to say this anymore. Uh, in some aspects, Russia is actually promoting more Christian values than the U.S. and Ukraine. So John MacArthur said in a sermon, I think, three weeks ago, that Russia was the instrument God is using to judge a secular 
people who have gone crazy mm-hmm. in their sexual ethics. He said it out loud. <clears throat> Russia is being used yeah. by God to punish Ukraine it's like Isaiah, for their perversion. Uh, is it Isaiah 9? Or no, I'm not, not Isaiah 9. It's like Isaiah 10 where God says, I am wielding the Assyrians like a hammer. And that's actually how MacArthur used. Oh, he okay. used that in particular. He yeah. talked about the Assyrians were wicked. The Assyrians were terrible. Yep. And God used wicked Assyrians to punish even his own people yep. for their sins. Yep. And so while I have seen some Christians saying what you're saying, I, I want to make sure we say, yeah, um, Russia's values, at least sexual values in public, more aligned to Bible, yeah. and also their aggression of killing everybody or kill, trying to kill people in Ukraine is unbiblical and wrong. Yes, yes absolutely. Add two things from something you said previously I wanted to bring back. One was about sphere sovereignty. The yes. idea that there are things the family does, the church does, and the government does, and all of them are legitimate. There's a place for government, and mm-hmm. when they cross each other is when the, the problem comes. Right. This is this is where I'm starting to come alive to the idea of, of government doing Christian things because the government has decided to cross its sovereign line mm-hmm. into a lot of stuff. Yep. Like, it's in our houses. Mm. I mean, it, it is the government serves as provider, protector, the father role. Mm-hmm. for tens of millions of children, and it's zealous for it. If yep. you fight back against it for taking away its father role, it plays the husband-provider role for millions of people. Mm. And when you say, get back in your lane, you're not a husband and you're not in a father, they're yeah. zealous for their power. Yeah. And so I, and what I, so then what I want then is, of course, the church, our sovereignty, the family to be re-intact, mm-hmm. but the government has, we have to get the government to stop doing that Yep. To, to stop being dad and father. And and that's where, you know, the strategy and the tactics have to be fleshed out. Yes. Right? The the tactic of... So, I am not for the government just giving people food, right? Or, or even money for food. At the same time, I recognize that there are millions who are dependent on that. And so, to just say, yeah, next week, it's not happening anymore. Can't Deal with it. You can't do that. No. Uh, but what you can do is one, evangelize your family, yes, <laughs> evangelize your neighborhood, etc. And the Christian Protestant work ethic is a thing. Yes, the the number of Christians who faithfully—I don't have a statistic for this—but I would be willing to bet my life savings that the percentage of Christians who faithfully attend church who are on any kind of government assistance is significantly lower than those who don't. That's absolutely the case. Yeah, I'll go find those stats. I'm sure we can confirm yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, those that are regu- regularly in the in the pew, because a uh, Harvard study from 2002, I think it is, found that if you'll do these three things, you won't be in poverty in the United States mm. by, at large. Yep. If you will not have kids until you're married. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like a giant burden to people, but <laughs> don't have kids until you're married. Yep. Graduate high school and work 40 hours a week. If you yep. do those three things in the United States of America, you will not be in but, poverty. But those things require self-control. And the one thing you can't say to people now, because yeah. you have to do what feels right. Right. You can't require me to have self-control. Oh. The other thing that you said, uh, I can't remember where it was in the conversation, but it was about this idea of, imp- of imposing Christian, Christian thinking and law. Another reason it's appealing to me lately is I see the hypocrisy of people who generally hate Christianity— Mm-hmm. they use Christianity for some of their policies. Right. They will come and say, yes, we need to tax these people and give this stuff away. Why? Because Jesus would want it. Right. Jesus yep. is so generous. <clears throat> but hold on a second. You just told me I can't use Christianity. Yep. You told me I had to kick my worldview out of the room 
And now you're using Bible back and, at me? And they'll do it not just for policy, uh, like monetary policy, mm -hmm. tax policy. They'll do it for the alphabet mafia policy. Yes. They'll say Jesus accepted people as they are, and he never said a thing about homosexuality, which is not entirely true. wrong. Uh, but, oh, yeah, he did these, these, this, 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 and this. Ergo, this has to happen. Uh, Same thing. I want to say right back to them. Then specifically, if you're telling me the reason you want the policy is because Jesus wanted it, you shouldn't want it. Yeah. You should, you need to, <laughs> yeah. you need to want the opposite because you told me I can't have it. Yeah. Which just leads me back around to. So some religion is going to rule this thing. Right. Some religion is going to influence our laws. Okay, so if we're coming there then, I don't know what it looks like and how to flesh it out, but I'm coming to a conclusion. Yeah, I'm supposed to be seeking out one way or the other that our laws would reflect biblical thinking. Our lead pastor at Beachwood Church says... Who happens to be... Our, my big brother as yeah. well, my older brother. He says... Uh, that there that there would be righteousness by statute, and I think he's quoting the the antonym of a psalm that said, or maybe it's a proverb, that wicked leaders institute transgression by statute. Mm. There's evil by law, like they yeah. implement the wrong things, mm -hmm. and we want the opposite. Mm -hmm. That there would be leadership to implement virtue by statute. And, and what we're not we're not saying that it would be justification by works on a societal no uh, on a societal what I don't even know the word I'm trying to think of not societal justification by works we'll just say that. Uh, it would still be justification by faith alone, grace alone, faith alone and Christ alone and then that results in yeah statutes yeah. right Be because there is law regardless. We're not antinomian. Yes, sir. <laughs> we don't we don't hate the law. We love the law because it reveals the character of God. And when God says you shall not murder, what else is he saying? He's saying you should preserve life. Yes. Love if he's saying if he's saying you shall not steal, he's also saying, well, even explicitly, don't move your neighbor's boundary marker. Yes. And and we even have I think it's Georgia is explicit in citing that verse and saying don't move the iron pins that move that mark your property. Mm -hmm. uh, don't move those because this Bible verse says so. I, so I I'm not I'm not sorry about that. No, like, this is if if you are a Christian and you are uncomfortable, you, you're a believer. You you follow, you're a follower of Jesus and you are uncomfortable with the idea of instituting laws because they're biblical. What other reason would you want to institute a law? Right. The the maker of all things, the designer of humanity, knows what's best for humanity. Do you want us to do atheist laws? <laughs> I mean, because we know how that turns out. I mean, usually a lot of mass murder. Yeah. That's how that turns out. B because uh, I think a, it was Jeff Durbin, Jeff Durbin who said something along these lines of when he'll do his presuppositional apologetic thing, he'll ask, should I love my neighbor or should I eat my neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if you don't have... Not just a God, but the triune God, you don't have any real frame of reference to say, no, I should not devour my neighbor, whether metaphorically or literally. Yeah. Well, I think those that disagree with, like, wh while we don't, you and I don't yet know how it all looks. Yeah. This conclusion. And honestly, no one knows. No. We, we can have frameworks. Yeah. Like, uh, for instance, I would be for. Uh, someone holding a public office to be required to adhere to the Apostles' Creed. 
So then you'd have kind of a mere Christendom, if you will, as I've heard it called okay. before. Yeah. Right. And so it's not saying you have to be Presbyterian or Baptist or charismatic or Catholic or Anglican or whatever. It's be generally Orthodox and, and know that you answer to Jesus. Right. And, and if we can start there, I, I think we're in good shape. Yeah. To start there feels like a, that feels like a thousand years away. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> to ever get there. And it might be. The, the, but, but at the same time, it is less than a thousand years in our past. Amen. Yeah, we, we, we had that. Yeah. And it wasn't bad. This right. is one of the things I think Christians in particular, because it's been so ingrained in us in a post-enlightenment world, that you can't balk and get timid around the idea that you want Christian things to happen. Right. And if those that do get nervous around this language, I think it's important to recognize most things in the even the secular left, that they say are their values. Mm-hmm. They've co-opted Christian values. Oh, yeah. The idea of human rights doesn't come along until Christianity does. No. The idea of egal- e- equality amongst the, the sexes. You almost said egalitarianism. I almost did egalitarianism. Yeah, you caught me. I, didn't th- I thought I was, was going to get away with it. The uh, equality amongst the sexes, that's a Christian idea. We, we yeah. came up with that. You know how I know? Go visit a Muslim country. Yeah. Go visit go visit exist. Asian cultures. Yeah. It was post enlightenment Christianity that brought that to the and, to the and world. E- even in atheist Asian countries like China, yes. who were the babies that were aborted? The girls. All the girls. The uh, think about being a woman in the USSR throughout the nineteen forties, fifties, and sixties. Mm. That's a brutal brutal reality. And this is also me saying it's been a brutal reality for lots of groups of people in the post enlightenment West. But the difference is the post enlightenment Christian West has moved towards. Important uh, uh, move towards progress. My point there being, all of the calls for laws usually in the West are using Christian thinking. Yes, even when they don't intend to. Yeah, and so yeah, we are. We're just saying you guys are already using religion to impose your will. Mm-hmm. And so we're just going to do that too. Mm-hmm. And now, now we're going to do it by trying to win people over to our side, not force, but win people over, right. and then that leads to power. Right, because. Really, what it boils down to is the affections, mm. right? So, baseline, what do we love, right? And and us being reformed guys, we would under we would understand, you know, salvation by and large is a change in the affections, yeah. And that is what informs the will, and then the will is what informs actions, yep. Right. That's that's why we don't believe in a quote unquote free will is because the will is bound to the affections. And if and if we love the things that God hates, then our will will be bent toward that thing and that's mm. how it acts out. I'm com- I think I'm coming to a final thought for round 1 here. I gave an illustration within the last couple of years that the I I'm a guy who is so bound towards peace. Yeah. I want to leave everybody alone and I want you to leave me alone. And which is which is hilarious because we have been. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a confrontational guy in person, but online we can throw down. Yeah, I I used to be. We, that way. we both have done significantly less of it in yes. recent years, but we can do it. Well, we can be, and we can enjoy it. And be snarky. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been that. I've been that guy. I largely just want to be left alone, and I want you to leave me alone. Right. And a couple years ago, I, I gave the illustration. What's happening though, because the the secular left has gotten so aggressive 
they they don't want to leave me alone. Right. They're actually saying no. Which you, was which was always their goal. Yeah. Uh, it was it was it was never. I mean, I've done this with the gay marriage thing. We got from we just want to visit each other in the hospital to bake the cake or I'll ruin your life. Yeah. That took twenty years. It took mm-hmm. 20 years to, we will ruin your life unless you affirm us. Yeah. We started with, we just want to visit each other in the hospital. And to uh, and to bring it full circle on the Rush Limbaugh reference, I remember a skit where he was talking about you know, how Democrats were making mincemeat of the First Amendment in it. And one guy was saying, wait, you mean I can't, <laughs> I can't distribute nude pictures of me with mayonnaise smeared all over my body. Oh, <laughs> no, that's not covered in the first amendment. Stop it. <laughs> and they, you know, they started with just transgressing, doing whatever they wanted. And mm-hmm. then until that became, well, it was always was the idol, the God to be served. Yes. And now they're simply trying to impose it on everyone else. Yes. Because the left stopped saying, we, we just want to be le- live and left live. Right. They started saying, you you will do what we want or we'll come after your business. We'll come after yeah. your family. Yeah. I, the illustration I gave was, guys, I've just been sitting over here in a chair eating saltines, leaving everybody alone. And then you guys just kept coming over <laughs> and punching me. Yeah. And I was like, will you just please stop punching me? Yeah. And you kept punching and me. you kept doing it. And eventually right. I just go, all right, I'm going to have to punch you back. Yeah. Or I'm going to have to restrain you right. in some way because it's not virtuous for me just to get sit here and punch. Right. I think it's worth noting that when you, I'm pretty sure this is in the proverb somewhere, is that. If you have a bunch of laws, it's because the people are so jacked up. Obviously, that's yeah. obviously that's like the message. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but Oklahoma is about to. They're debating a law, a bill right now, uh, that would outlaw "quote unquote" gender affirming health care for people under 26. Mm-hmm. So still legal adults, mm-hmm. obviously, but. The fact that we even have to have that conversation yeah. of saying whether it's a minor or not, no, you're not going, we're not going to allow medical professionals to mutilate people in that way uh, is a reflection of the kind of people you're dealing with. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, I don't know. it's where we are, and it's just a question now, uh, not of how you, I mean, I think we know a little bit of how we get there. That is strong churches, evangelism. Yep. And then as power st- starts to accrue, what can you do and what do you, and what do you, what can you do with it and what do you leave out? That's, you know, this is my final word. It's all yours. I noticed the Grammys made a big, um, the, the, the church largely, and let's call it right of center media, made a big deal about a fairly demonic performance right. by some guy I don't know who his name is. Sam Smith. Thank I'm, you. I'm sorry to remember that. Appreciate, well, it's, you're more culturally aware than I am. <laughs> That might and, be the first time anybody's ever told me. <laughs> I know ne- neither one of us are good at pop culture. No. Uh, the uh, except for um, I think it's your previous Taylor Swift fandom. Yeah, I some I'm still like you the still music. got a soft spot. I, I do. I still okay. like a lot of the music, but she's yeah, she's becoming insufferable. <laughs> there, there was an uproar over it, and that's good. It's, it's good to be have an uproar over yes. Satanism being displayed on the air. I just noticed that it was a smaller uproar over. Than Andy, than Andy Stanley saying that his LGBT church members are much more enthusiastic about serving than his straight ones. Mm. And so I, I just know we got to start at the church. Like, yeah. I, I know it, we got we get mad at a lot of those things, and it's good. Right. Be, have, be, uh, be offended. Have, uh, be an uproar over Satanism being on display. But I saw one of those patriot churches let Lauren Boebert preach. <laughs> she's not just crazy, but she's a woman who's not qualified that you had to preach. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we're going to have to get the church straight. Oh, my goodness. If the church gets straight, then it can do the salt and light thing. Yeah. And that's and you eventually get to where we're talking about getting to. <sighs> yeah. I mean, how do I follow that up? So something that I've been stewing on is outrage culture is ultimately anxiety culture. Yes. It's ultimately, we want to be angry because we're anxious about these things. Yes. Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious about anything. So I know our Arminian friends like to say, all means all. Well, there, anything there means anything. (laughs) Good word. So don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if you're actually, yes, you should be angry and you should be concerned for the culture when Sam Smith goes and, I'm not even going to describe the, the nonsense that he does, or Lil Nas X, or even Taylor Swift becoming unsufferable. Yes. Uh, or I think Beyonce explicitly thanked the quote-unquote queer community uh, for one of her awards, or Chinese spy balloons, or <laughs> or Lord Fauci doing his thing, or uh, Donald Trump, or Joe Biden, just insert whatever. The response by the Christians should never be to freak out. Amen. It should instead, well, what does the Bible say? It says pray about it, and he'll give you peace. And he'll guard your mind. Yeah. If you if if God is guarding your mind, then nothing's gonna get through. So good. There you go. Good word. <laughs> you know, other conversations I want to have with you about this? Do tell. Criminal justice system. Oh yeah, that would be super. And what we're supposed to do as Christians. Yeah. And then the one I am most stewing on lately is family law. Mm. I just got married. Mar- so I'm, <laughs> it's it's fresh on my mind. Like yeah. this is super sacred, and we have made marriage a joke outside yeah. of before getting to gay marriage by making it so easy to just leave your spouse. Yep. And so at least those two things, what's it look like to pursue Christian thinking in those worlds? What would be, I can already see the reactions for the criminal justice thing. We will both be accused of being hard left and hard right. At the same time. Which will be hilarious. Gonna I'm be already going to call it. <laughs> Cannot wait for and it. And we're going to enjoy it. So... Shall we wrap it up here? I think that's a good thing. So what? I'm, we don't even know what we're calling this. I've jokingly called it "Culture with with Corey and Cody" podcast, which would which would be the CCCP, which the, is also the Chinese the Cyrillic abbreviation for the Soviet Union that that's they it. had on all their Olympic jerseys. The CCCP, which is just hilarious. I have a dark sense of humor sometimes. I don't. I don't mind that at all. So uh, <laughs> you should go listen to Cody Fields on the Westminster Doxology podcast. You should listen to the Corey Truax Show wherever you find podcasts. And I don't know when we'll get back together again, but we'll do it again. We'll do it again. It'll be relatively soon. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you sometime. Peace. I, I've never been good at these unless it's scripted. Okay. Bye.